At Busch Gardens Christmastown, rekindle the spirit of holiday traditions for you and your family. Delight in the wonder of over 10 million twinkling lights. Cherish the moments as you enjoy new holiday shows and visit Santa and Rudolph. And immerse yourself in a world transformed by the season at the world's most beautiful theme park. The holidays shine brightest at Busch Gardens Christmastown. Select dates through January 2nd. Right now, tickets as low as $39.99. Hurry before prices go up. Restrictions apply. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 55. Today, we're talking about the disappearance of the Yuba County Five, which is America's Dyatlov Pass incident, which is an incident that happened in Russia. It's super, super weird. And we've done a whole episode on it, so we'll link it below. But this is America's version, kind of. It's very, very strange. It's eerily similar. Very you're, yes, that's a good. It is. It, yeah. It's and as you'll find um, when we start going through it, you're going to be like, "Whoa, this sounds so much like Dialov Pass." It's it's very weird. Yeah. And honestly, I, a lot of people don't even know about this mm-hmm. story because it it happened, you know, years ago, but it's still unsolved today. We still do not know what happened to these five young men that essentially disappeared in a national force in California and never to be seen again until much, much later. And just all of the the findings with it and all of the weird things that sort of come out of it will uh, kind of leave you scratching your head. Yeah. Because, <laughs> sure. yeah, it's, we have no idea what happened. But that is what we were talking about today. But let's go ahead and jump right into this week's news stories. First things first, we wanted to talk about Jesse Smollett, who if can you we, get, hang on, can we first talk about his name is is it Jesse or Jesse? Did I say Jesse? I thought I, I said Jesse. I think it yeah. It's Jesse. Jesse. Okay, I keep seeing I hear people on TV all the time say Jesse. So, but okay, so Well, it's Jesse easy to mess up. Who, I've never seen anybody named Jesse. No, me either. Interesting. That's interesting. But for those of you that may not have heard of it, which I'm sure there's probably a few of you that haven't, especially other countries maybe, but um, basically, he is a famous actor on the show Empire. Uh, let's he's well, he's like low key famous. He's kind of like a and he's not even like the star of Empire by any means. I haven't even seen Empire. But from what I understand, he's just like kind of a I don't know. I mean, he's low he's key part famous, of the yeah. show. Yeah. Low key famous. He has a million sure. followers on Twitter. So that's OK, well, somewhat famous, somewhat famous. But he's not like it's not like he was the star or anything or anyone that like it's not a, he's not a household name by any means. No, no, not not at all. You know, not at all. But basically, he is a black and openly gay individual who's been wrapped up in this month long uh, sort of case with basically he says he was a victim of a brutal hate crime in late January. But after a delay, daily array of twists and turns, he became a suspect and was charged with a felony for allegedly filing a false police report. And a judge has set a bond in order the actor to surrender his passport. So what's interesting about this is at first we were all led to believe that he was, you know, brutally attacked by Mm -hmm. these two individuals. Yep. And like tons of celebrities really came forward with their support. Um, One in particular, a big one was Cardi B. She like really talked about it. Um, You know, obviously very angry that there was a crime a hate crime against someone who is part of the black community and the LGBT community. 
So people really came to his defense and it became, you know, it was trending and everything. But there were a lot of people that were questioning it from the beginning. Um, one of the reasons being that it was like done outside. Yeah. And it was like fucking freezing that. Yeah. Day. Like polar vortex. Yeah. And why would he have been just out? Like it's a strange place for that. So people were kind of weirded out in the beginning just from stuff like that little things. Um. Yeah, so like, but yeah, this shit unraveled. Yeah, like as the police started, of course, he like reported it to the police and stuff. And as they started to investigate it, they came to the conclusion that the two individuals that essentially attacked him, you know, said a bunch of racial and homophobic slurs at him were uh, also two black individuals. Yeah. And they were basically able to find out that the uh, individuals that attacked him, he knew. Yeah. And one worked on Empire with him at one point. Um, whether he was part of the show or just worked on the, the crew, I'm not sure. And then the other was his personal trainer at one point. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe even current personal trainer. Because once that kind of came out, we all started being like, whoa, dude. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on here? You got you really got attacked by two, you know, MAGA people that were, you know, happened to be black too, happened to yeah. be you know, people that he knew, it just started and to said racist really real. things from yeah. you, like from someone who's the same race as you, like all people were like raising an eyebrow for sure at that point. Yeah. And then police kind of came out and said that it looks like he paid them. Yeah. To, they found a check. They found a check, but then the check that he brought forward to disprove that said he paid mm. one of the individuals like $3,500 to basically, or uh, for a nutrition and, and personal training program for yeah well whatever you can, could be yeah. totally made up i mean he could have just did that to try to cover up yeah but. but the dudes are saying yeah he paid us to do this paid can you imagine that and so the police think that he did this in order to uh, because he was dissatisfied with his salary yeah he was unhappy was with his, his current career situation and thought hmm maybe i should try to get a raise here and that's somehow. why i was saying he's not like you know, an A-lister. He's not a really well-known right. person. He wanted to be a name, though, that is. Right. And something like this gets you a lot of press, gets especially, you know, in today's day and age of social media where tons of people, tons of celebrities are going to come to your defense. Like, he knew this was how this would play out, that everyone would feel bad for Jesse, you know, and maybe he would get a career boost. Maybe he would be worth more to the show if he was more famous, right. you know? Um, I Which think is a bad way yeah. to get famous, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, this shit back. Nobody wants. And that's the thing. Like the biggest thing about this whole situation is there's actual people that have hate crimes committed yes. against them mm-hmm. that don't get famous, that get let, yeah. you know, nobody even talks about them. And it's going to be harder for them to be taken seriously now. Right. Which I, I mean, maybe, but I think, I think so. Yeah. You think so? I think a little bit because now people can say, well, remember just Jesse, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's true. It's just like. We don't need that kind of shit. It's like just tainted, tainting victims. It's, I think it's so horrible. And then not only that, but the fact that he, you know, wasted the police's time for so long trying to, like they were trying to investigate and figure out who did this to him and shit. And, you know, there was, there's plenty of other shit the Chicago police could be doing, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck. I mean, it's one of the most violent cities in the U.S. And here they are spending Spending time in fake crime. Like, my God, really, dude? So they actually found surveillance footage showing the brothers that allegedly attacked him buying ski masks, 
Um, yeah. And so, and something else to help stage the attack the day of. So like <laughs> they've got evidence for it. And let's, let's remember with any sort of crime when we're talking about, you know, people that may have committed a crime, like proven until or uh, innocent. innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. So obviously he's, he's putting forth a huge defense here. He's going to go and fight this. And I think he still basically said like, it was legitimate. Like, it was a legitimate attack, but yeah, the, I mean, he's know. holding holding his innocence for sure, which is strange. But the public has totally already convicted him. Like, yeah, totally. Well, it's like it's kind of obvious, but yeah. at the end of the day, we don't know for sure. So yeah, that's true. But it seems it's just it's very unbelievable. Like I heard, I forget what comedians were talking about, but they're like, if if you're gonna, or maybe it was like Stephen Colbert yeah, or something. Colbert. He was like, if you're gonna do this, like, why would you go and find you know two black brothers to? Yeah. Commit this against you. Like, yeah. Couldn't you find anybody else? Yeah. Like, for, to commit a racist crime. If That's you're going to do, so try to bad. pull that move. Like, yeah. What the fuck? So I don't know, man. Dumb. It's, it's Seriously really dumb. weird. So, yeah, we just wanted to comment on that because that's been a huge uh, story the past uh, week or two. Mm-hmm. But also, a, a recent news story that hit uh, just a day or two ago is a dead humpback whale was oh, discovered yeah. in Brazil's Amazon jungle and nobody knows how the hell it got there. This is so baffling. Okay. First of all, a humpback whale is roughly 26 feet long, which the one that they found, I think was a juvenile. Uh, they think it was like maybe a year old, mm-hmm. but it was found 50 feet from the shore of Araruna beach. So pretty far away from the water for one. And what's weird about it is it doesn't appear to be any like, clear path as to how you know you would think if a whale got washed up on shore that there would be like a path of trees being knocked down or something or brush yeah but the weird thing about is i don't think there's anything like that from what i was reading i could be wrong but well you can just see and there's a picture of it well there's like some broken down trees and stuff yeah there is a few but i don't know i don't think it's a big ass whale yeah and so they're trying to figure out, you know, how it got there or what exactly happened. Um, yeah, it's a calf. It's essentially a calf. So yeah, it got separated it from its mother, most likely, and then died maybe p- prior to being washed ashore. I don't know exactly how whales get washed ashore. It could have like been ashore. sick, something like that. Or it could have, yeah, could have got sick and died. It doesn't look very healthy, but also it's been like laying there probably decomposing do they know how long it's been there do they have an estimate of how long it had been there before it was found uh it was pretty recent i think or okay. actually i don't know uh, i could have been a well it probably look pretty nasty after a while because i've seen we've seen remember um like a year or two ago a whale washed up just on the beach and it just looked like so nasty yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. decomposed right. so this would look this looks pretty intact and okay yeah. You know, so if it was, if it had died out there, a lot of the times it'll start decomposing yeah, in the water right. because I think just like a, I know for a fact human bodies decompose like four times faster in water than they do in air. Which makes sense. Plus there's all of these things swimming around and eating it probably. Right. If it's dead already. Right. So it probably died on the shore. Yeah. That's what it kind of looks like, so, but I'm no whale expert for sure. So the people that are are researching this, marine experts are saying we're still not sure how it landed here, but we're guessing that the creature was floating close to shore and the tide, which has been pretty considerable over the past few days, picked it up and threw it inland into that the mangrove. That fucking far? Yeah. That seems a little weird. Maybe it's aliens. That's a Maybe kiss. an alien came and like was like, let's fuck with these people. If they really wanted to fuck with us, they should drop a whale like in the middle of Tokyo or something. Yeah. Like in the middle of like <laughs> That'd be weird. downtown Manhattan, just yeah. like Times Square whale drops. Boom. 
But what's interesting like, oh, I found is a like, whale in this alley. <laughs> well, like to your point, when you start thinking about, you know, possible ideas, if it, you know, wasn't just something normal, like being washed ashore, you start thinking like, how does a whale just drop out of the sky seemingly into the middle of the Amazon jungle? And you start thinking about these other phenomena of animals being dropped from the sky, you know, like raining fish. Um, I think there's some other creatures that have been, you know, just fallen from the sky. Mysterious. I can only think of the fish example, you know, where fish have like rained down and you can like pick up fish. That's really fucking happen. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how does that happen? Well, the fish somehow get get put into the sky. Wait, what? Rain down. Wait, what? Yeah, this is a real phenomenon. Fish go in the sky. Yes. I'm going to look at it. Look it up. There's a video of it, actually. Of fish Raining fish. Yeah, they're like... Raining fish. So after it rains, they go to an area where there's no water normally, and they find a bunch of fish on the ground. How else does the fish get there if it's not being rained down? Fish rain. Yeah. It's a phenomenon. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mind blown. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. I think it's happened a couple different times, actually. So you start thinking about like, is it possible that somehow this whale got, I don't know, picked up by a... Oh, this is from an Irish fish farm in the bay and they flew over due to high waves. Wait, what the hell? There's a bunch, a couple different examples. I mean, I don't know which example you're looking at. Oh my gosh, this one is like people are literally picking up fish out of the ground. Yeah, there's fish on the ground and stuff. But that's not coming out of the fucking sky. Yeah. There's, There's other examples too. That's like a whole... We can do a whole episode about fucking rain phenomenon. When we talk about weather, we'll do a we'll do like a weather modification episode and we'll talk about the the weather phenomenon with There have been reports of raining frogs and raising yeah. raining fish, yeah. fish dating back to ancient civilizations. Mm-hmm. Of course it doesn't rain frog or fish in the sense that it rains water. Huh. Well, we'll have to explore that cuz that sounds a little weird to me. <laughs> I don't know if I believe the fish came out of the sky. So maybe the whale rained down from the sky huh interesting theory i don't know how else does it get fucking thrown into that the jungle far. how far was 50 it? 50 feet i mean that's not that far but that must have been a big wave you think the community would be like oh yeah but there was this big fucking wave that could explain it i don't know but no it's weird man there's weird things wouldn't happening. they find like crazy shit out there all the time wouldn't there be crabs and fish and you all kinds think, of stuff I mean, if they could throw a right, whale right a Did they have a well, storm? Nevertheless. Well, they said the tide was like bigger over the past couple of days than I think normally, but I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. But the last story I wanted to mention, um, and really subtopic, is the Israeli moonlander is carrying a vast backup of human knowledge just in case civilization collapses. So this has been a th- uh, a theme that we've talked about a bunch over the probably the whole time we've been doing the show but this idea of some type of civilization collapse apocalypse whatever you want to call it doomsday and as scary as it sounds i hate to say this because i'm not a you know i'm an optimistic person but i think something big is going to happen Mm. in our lifetime because it's very interesting to me that a bunch of different uh civil or a bunch of different countries um just this week Warren Buffett, a you know billionaire, actually said that he believes strongly that something major is going to happen, and he thinks it's going to be something uh, geological or some type of natural disaster. So that's the thing is like okay. I'm not talking about necessarily like freaking like nuclear bombs going off and that type of uh, sort of 
massive event. I'm talking more about something naturally happening, whether it's a, a cause of climate change or whether it's just some random event that occurs. So why does Warren Buffett? Right. Why, why does he, he know that? Especially a natural weather. He believes he can't that. Predict that. Yeah, it's very interesting. And he like it, they. I saw a bunch of news articles. Like it was a big deal because he was saying this. So for just because he know was if talking everyone about knows who he is. By the way, he's there like was a heavily long involved. Time where in I thought long. he was Jimmy Buffett. I thought <laughs> Jimmy Buffett and Warren Buffett were the same. Jimmy dude. Buffett. Oh my god. <laughs> so you know what? I, I, I think I did too, honestly. Because I just was when you're younger, you think everybody with the same last yeah. name is like related. So I always thought the dude that like had the Margaritavilles, like the cheeseburger in paradise thing. I always thought he was loaded as fuck. I was like, God, this guy's so rich, and this is what he does with his money is makes these like sick restaurants all over the country. <laughs> and Jamaica. We went to one in Jamaica. Yeah, it's true. But it's not the same dude. No, 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 no. So Warren Buffett <laughs> is the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, which is a huge, 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 huge company. Yeah, he like chills with Obama. Wall he has Street, his own island. He's rich as fuck. $82.9 billion. With a B. Net worth. That's crazy. So yeah, he yeah he's, when Obama like retired from presidency, he like went to his island for a while and hung out with Michelle. And there's like pictures of them all jet skiing and shit on his no, no, private no. island. That's no, no, no. You're thinking around Warren Buffett's old as fuck. You're thinking about oh, Richard Branson. Oh my god, you're getting it really twisted. No, Warren Buffett's an old. You're right. I was thinking about Richard. Is uh, Branson. he's 88 years old. He's oh, like, you're right. You're right. You're right. Wow, I sucked. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Just I was like, wait a minute. Warren Buffett was not water skiing with Obama. <laughs> He can't do that. Awesome. Yeah, he's that, too old. No, There's that's Richard Branson. I like Richard Branson. But. Yeah, he owns Virgin Airways, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. No, no, no. Warren Buffett. <laughs> no. So you were thinking Richard Branson was saying the world's gonna something's gonna happen. No, I, I knew it was Warren Buffett. I just can, I thought Obama was hanging out with Warren Buffett. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. Imagine listening to these like two married couples. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I can't. I feel bad for you guys. It's all We're right. Just, like sitting here. So many people relate to to us. <laughs> having these discussions okay but anyway the world's gonna end no i'm just kidding so anyway he was talking about how there's gonna be some type of geologic or natural disaster that occurs that's gonna like fuck shit up it's gonna have a huge impact on the economy and the market potential crash and he warned about this and what's interesting is that there's all these other stories about how all of these countries including the u.s are like sort of gearing up for something big happening it seems because israel created a lander carrying a high-tech disc containing 25,000 books, a full copy of Wikipedia, very important, and information wow. on understanding earthly languages, all told in a 30-million-page tome. It's supposed to sit on the moon for billions of years, preserving oh, humanity's so knowledge smart. and history long after we're gone. The fuck? We should have done this so fucking long ago, honestly. Why didn't we bring anything up with us and put it on the moon when we went the first time? Like, you think it would... I mean, it makes sense. Like, this big I mean, rock next to our big rock, go put something on it in, in case, case this, our rock gets fucked up. Yeah, exactly. So, it's interesting that they're doing this. There's all these... NASA's doing a ton of stuff. That's so interesting. With, uh, with aliens right now actually they're they're like ramping up the alien game as far as finding it they the oh, chiefs man. at nasa are like we are certain basically we're going to find aliens in in literally years you guys a couple years it's really mind-blowing to think about but like shit's really going to go down it's in the next happen. couple years like wake up people like <laughs> Shit it's, is no, going it's down. not as crazy as it was when people would try to you know back in like People who were UFO believers in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff like now it's way different. Like there's so much proof. There's 
so many videos and just evidence. It's so weird. Well, we know for 100% fact that the uh, UFO phenomenon is real. Yes. And it's an actual studied thing. The government studied it. It's real. We have tons of proof that it's yep. real. So mm-hmm. what's going on here? And and it seems to me, if I had to make a prediction, my prediction is that within five to ten years, I think NASA's plan is they're going to find life, microbial life, probably nothing like crazy, but some form of life, probably on Mars, because from what I know, it looks like Mars was probably a living you know, ecosphere at one time. Absolutely. There's so much proof there was water there. So clearly there was life. It was totally a planet. It's so funny how many people are like, oh, well, if our planet gets fucked up, we'll just move to Mars. There's no atmosphere. We'd have to build extensive. We came to Earth as it. I mean, chances are it's looking that way that we came to Earth as like a second option that Mars wasn't working enough or maybe both planets were active with. That's what I, you know, and then Mars merged. Or maybe they all died. I don't know. Or it was just but, a totally different race or species yeah, on Mars at one time. It could be. It wasn't even human. Definitely could be. But whatever whatever was there totally got wiped out by nuclear. I mean, there's there's many NASA scientists and just scientists in general who have studied this and say there's there's so much. Well, they examined the soil. I think they yeah. found radiation in the soil and stuff. Like, yeah, they did. There's evidence of some type of radioactivity yeah. on Mars. And not to mention how they found more and more. They keep finding more water and how they steamed the soil and found so much water just in the soil. Like, and then the lake they found yeah. just this last year. Yeah, like the underground the, lake. The ice. Yeah. Fucking it's really crazy. crazy. So I think, I don't know. I think some big things going to happen. And you know, like Life's so many people are, it it's is like a movie, like buckle in y'all. Well, think about the people that were born in like the 1930s and <laughs> yeah, or 1910 living change. through like crazy ass world oh, war, yeah. or cold war. Even. Oh my God. Yeah. Remember like people living it during cold war times had mm-hmm. fallout shelters, like thought the world was going to end at any point. Yeah. Like what are the chances we go like 200 years or hundred years with just like no. peace and harmony and everything being, you know, <laughs> no, happy that's go not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So buckle up y'all. Because it's going to get crazy, but let's uh, let's go ahead and get into today's uh, main topic, Yuba County Five. But before we do, I want to quickly thank our sponsors for today. You know when you order a new video game, or a golf club, or a blender, and then it arrives at your door, you get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at Home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable lossy dealer for details. Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. All right. The Yuba County Five. It's so funny. While you were doing that, someone texted me. I always get random text messages and they're always so funny. Since I changed my number, someone said, I can be home tonight if you want to do dinner. I always have like creepy men texting my phone. And so I fuck with them. I said, okay, what are we eating? I'm waiting for a response. Ooh, I might have a hot date tonight, Josh. 
That's awesome. I should hide in the closet. And scare it's a 360 him. number. 360. What area code is that? That's not even a, I don't think that's a Colorado area code. It's not. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Sorry guys. Back on track. Washington. <laughs> oh my God. Someone in Washington wants to do dinner with me tonight. Oh, he said, whatever you cook. <laughs> oh, what a sexist asshole. Seriously. Expects you to cook. I should say that. What I if it's a say... woman though? How do you know it's not a woman asking a man? Oh, that's true. I assume <laughs> since I'm a woman, yeah. that he would be well, a man. I mean, typically. Whatever you cook. Hmm. Um, I should be like making meatloaf. Just kidding. All right, go ahead. Oh my god. I need to think of a response. Okay. All right, guys. Let's let's get into the bizarre story of the UB County Five, uh, the missing boys. So on a cold February night, 1978, a group of five young men from Yuba City, California disappeared mysteriously into Plumas National Forest one night while driving back to their homes in Northern California. Four of the five young men were eventually found dead, while one, Gary Mathias, has never been found. First things that jumped out to me about this story is, one, the, you know, obviously similarities that you'll see with the Outlaw Pass, but the others is people disappearing into the National Forest. It just takes me back to the episode we we did on... uh Missing 411, David Politis' work on the missing persons, the number of missing persons in or people that disappear in national forests, national parks. So it's very interesting to me. Uh, it makes me think about that. But basically, this this case of these five young men has has remained just mysterious for like the past 40 plus years that it's been, yeah. been open. This is still an open case, by the way. And the sheriff at the time was Jack Beecham. And he described this time that this was happening as bizarre as hell. And it never wandered far from the people that were involved. People were always thinking about it. So at this particular time, a Northern California drought broke hard in February 1978, blanketing rural areas of the states in sheets of snow. As if Yuba County residents needed another reason to stay inside, radios and TVs were spewing real-life crime drama, first with filmmaker Roman Polanski's escape to France in the, in the face Ooh. of an impending statutory rape sentencing, and then when a murder suspect named Ted Bundy, mm. what do you know, was arrested in Florida after twice escaping from Colorado authorities. That motherfucker. So there was a lot of shit happening at this time, and so... The, as you would think that this would have been a bigger story than it yeah. was. And exactly. That's what's weird about it. I, I think it's because it kind of got overshadowed by um, Ted Bunny. And then later on the East area rapist or, uh, you know, who we're talking about. So the golden state killer, for those of you who don't same person. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the five men that disappeared that night. So, in a case that makes little sense, one aspect seems logical. Of course, Jack Madruga, Ted Ware, Bill Sterling, and Jack Hewitt would have spent their last Friday night together. The four young men had been friends for years since meeting through Gateway Projects, a now-defunct Yuba City organization for adults with special needs. So, it's kind of the main, I don't know, I don't know how to, it's not theme, but one of the main uh, aspects of this case is the fact that these five young men in some way, shape or form were either mentally challenged, had some sort of mental disability, um, you know, but, but not to the point that they couldn't, you know, 
function and do yeah. normal things. They had jobs. High functioning. High functioning. Yeah. And, and in my eyes, and the more I read about these guys, the more I think some of them might have been possibly autistic. Because like back then, they didn't no. know that much about autism. I don't know the if they knew spectrum. anything about yeah. it back then. Yeah. I remember when my cousin was diagnosed, which was what, like 20 years ago now? It was like, I remember it was pretty new ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the, I thought too. Yeah. Like they're still, well, they're still changing the spectrum all the time and the qualifications and trying to, you know, understand it better. But I'm sure the mental health, their screenings or whatever were not that no, great. No. Well, so, they would just be like, they're slow. Yeah. You know, people would always say he's slow. Or they would have slow. used the R word, you know, back then. Right. Yeah. I hate that word. Yeah, but I mean, back then people just yeah said they it. would say it that because like that's just what descri- called it what it word, is yeah. kind of you know. So these guys all had you know some type of mental disability or or some people just be like they lack common sense like which to me sounds just like they they lack kind of social cues and things like that like you know they're very I don't know yeah. they were they were but anyways these these four guys were inseparable they would pal around together. They'd go everywhere together. They were described as the kind of the studs in their community, you know, the special needs folks. Um, that's a quote from the sheriff at the time. They're athletic, very well liked, very well respected, and law enforcement had no issues with them. They were nice to kids and just overall nice people. So Theodore, or Ted Ware, was a 32-year-old man. He loved making new friends but lacked basic common sense, his brother Dallas said. He once spent $100 on pencils for no particular reason. And would question instructions as simple as stopping at a stop sign. When his oh, parents, okay. yeah, does that make sense? Like he would wonder why he would have to stop. And yeah, stop. yeah, yeah. Okay, this does sound a lot like autism. Yeah, to me. yeah, that's what I thought too. So, and when his parents' house in the town of Linda caught fire, he stayed in bed while uh, watching the ceiling over him burn, and told his brother to leave him alone because he needed to rest for the work the next day. Huh. One of his brothers ended up dragging him from the burning home. So yeah, lacking common sense clearly. I mean, what do you, what would you even call that? Because I feel like somebody. I mean, could be. I don't know. That's I definitely can't diagnose someone. Yeah, no, no. Uh, his brother said he'd wake up in the middle of the night and say, "How come Mickey Mantle can hit the ball farther than me?" So just like random things like that. Interesting. Huh. So this is Ted, Ted Ware. Now Jackie Hewitt was a 24-year-old man who was the most severely handicapped of the five. He couldn't read, write, or dial a telephone and depended highly on his mother and Ware, whom he had known for about eight years. Shy with a speech impediment, he didn't particularly like being away from home for extended periods of time, certainly not overnight. Mm. So at the time, they were saying that he his IQ was like as low as the 40s. Um, <laughs> I just got coffee on my face. Who even does that? How the hell did you do that? I seriously don't just know. Like, like only on I would do that. I'm gonna blend it in as highlighter. So Jack, so, <laughs> so Hewitt is the most uh, mentally handicapped of the bunch. Now William Sterling, who was 29, had left the house the night he vanished with his $15 weekly allowance and maps of California, Sacramento, Stockton, and San Francisco. He worked at Beale Air Force Base as a dishwasher in the early 70s, but his mother made him quit after discovering airmen routinely. Uh, routinely got him drunk to steal his money oh so these are these poor guys too trusting yeah too trusting exactly mm-hmm. a lot of people with autism are very trusting and like 
if like can be easily persuaded because they can't tell social cues as easily so they can can't really pick up if someone's trying to con them they like believe that someone's genuine everything someone says is genuine yeah they take things for face value some of them i mean like i said again i'm not an expert just from my experience with my own family right no that's that's a great point because that's really really kind of the overarching uh thing here that makes you wonder about what happened to them yeah could they be the type to get taken advantage of? Exactly. So the Sterlings, the family had a cabin in the Bucks Lake or near Bucks Lake in the Plumas National Forest. And he often went fishing as a teenager. But his parents said that William never really wanted to go into the forest or go stay at the cabin and often skipped out on the retreats, which is important when we start thinking about the fact that they disappear in the National Forest mm-hmm. that he did not want to go. He never went to. Now, Jack Madruga was 30 years old. He worked as a dishwasher at dried fruit company Sunsweet Growers and helped Sterling land a job there, though he was later fired for being unable to use new dishwashing equipment. Family members told investigators Madruga was not mentally uh, retarded in the common sense of retardation, merely slow in his thought processes. This is a quote, by the way. He could manage his own finances and had an unremarkable service as an army truck driver from 1966 to 1968. He and Matthias were the only two of the group with driver's license. That's another interesting thing. So, okay. so Jack Madruga and Gary Matthias are kind of definitely um, the least leaders. mentally challenged. Okay. And kind of the leaders of the group. Right. And the only ones that had driver's license. Now, Gary Matthias was 25 years old and was different from the rest. He had been a singer in the local band and played football at Marysville High School in the late 1960s. He was employed part-time as an assistant gardener at a landscaping business owned by his stepfather, Bob Clough. Gary was also receiving disability pay from the U.S. Army, as he had also served in the Army, but received a psychiatric discharge after facing drug problems and mental health concerns, which had developed when he was overseas. He was actually released from the military when he was 20 years old and put on drugs to treat paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. Which is a very serious mental illness and will be um, something that you'll want to remember as we get into this a little bit more. He probably had bad PTSD. Yeah. Well, he was also, he also did a ton of drugs too, like just different types of drugs. Okay. So did he, wait, so in the army, did he do anything combative? Could he have gotten like PTSD or something? He could have. Yeah, I believe so. He was like, he was pretty normal. Like he was, how long was he in the military before he was discharged? Let's see. He was released at 20. So he was probably there for two years. Yeah. I think it was like two years. He was in the military. Okay. So he may or may not have actually gone to combat. That's what I was saying. But yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. He was overseas. So he may Oh, okay. I don't know for sure if he actually saw combat or not. Okay. But interesting. But he's considered to be the most highly functioning, except for times of high stress when his cognitive functioning would quickly deteriorate. So, yeah, it's okay. very possible that he had PTSD. Right. As and they well, just diagnosed him they, with paranoid schizophrenia. Right. Back then. Which would be something that they would do, right? Yeah. So, the night of the disappearance, which was February 24th, 1978, started out with no known conflict between the boys, only happiness. Elated from watching their favorite college basketball team, UC Davis, secure a road win over Chico State, the boys strolled into Bears Market, a convenience store in Chico, just before 10 p.m. to load up on snacks for the ride home. Sounds like something they would do. Yeah. Sounds like something like teenage boys. boys would do. Yeah. I would do that. That was like the thing to do, like in high school and stuff, like roll to the gas station and like get some snacks. Oh, yeah. Me and my friends like love to drive around. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere. 
Yeah. We're like, all right, we'll go to this gas station, but let's go to one like way far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys were loved basketball. Um, this was something they did in their program. They actually played on a team. And so they were, they were huge basketball fans, and that's why they went to this college basketball game. And after they left the convenience store, that was actually the last time that they were seen alive. Ted Ware's mother woke up afraid at 5 a.m. the next morning. She immediately called Bill Sterling's mother, who had been up since 10 or 2 a.m. and had already spoken to the Hewitts. I wonder if she just ha- if Ted's mom just had like a feeling. Yeah, I mean, just woke up afraid. Hmm. I mean, I guess they figured they'd be back late, but it's it's interesting that they like did not notice they were gone earlier. And what's what's so interesting and and weird about these stories from years ago is that they didn't have cell phones mm-hmm. like you wonder if things like this would happen in today's time they can they do happen but it, yeah it's less likely because there would have been the whole element of all of their cell phones if if each boy if all five of them had a cell phone a smartphone nowadays we'd track we'd them. have a lot more better chance of finding them absolutely you know a yeah, lot more could like, be done at this time you had to go to a payphone. yeah yeah and think about they could have possibly called for help as well right that which prevents a lot of situations exactly especially getting stranded Mm -hmm. somewhere so as much as we all harp on technology and we're all like oh we all stare at our phones yeah we do we suck but phones are really fucking nice and in times like this they can save a life it does yeah and it saves lives all the time technology saves lives all the time think of all the lives we would lose if we hadn't had cell phones last 10 years it's very true it's very true so Sterling's parents had tried to talk to talk the boys out of going to Chico that night. They told in, investigators the boys had a Special Olympics basketball game the next day in Rockland through the gateway with a chance to meet all in the family actress Sally Struthers. I'm pretty sure to be in Special Olympics, you have to have a pretty clear diagnosis. So I wonder if a lot of their their like details on their mental health has been kept secret by the families or kept private because... I don't think you can just be on it if you're like a little slow. Yeah. You know, you have to have some type of diagnosis, right? Well, I think it was just different then. I think mental health back then was just a lot different. Yeah, but what they like, because then it's not fair to the other players. Right. I mean, I think think it was probably enough that they were like, okay, like clearly something is up. Yeah, like I said, a diagnosis that... Or I guess back then they could have just been like, oh, yeah, it, he's a retard. But that's the weird thing about it is like the parents, they've went and asked the parents and the parents have always downplayed the the disabilities. Yeah. Okay. So well, it's it's I guess weird. people's like understanding of mental health and, and disabilities was just garbage back then. Yeah, that's it was. Stuff. I mean, They'd put everyone in the bucket of retard right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what yeah. they did. So. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So strange. So the, the his parents had actually tried to keep them from going um, because they wanted to make sure that they were going to, you know, Rest be up. ready yeah. for the next day. Like you wouldn't basketball want basketball game tomorrow. Yeah. And some of them actually like <laughs> Josh doesn't even know what that is. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. <laughs> that, that meme right by me. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, f- I forget the, the what was that? Remember the kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got my basketball game tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Jenna Marbles used to say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So they, they so they went to this game, clearly counting on coming home and going to the game the next day is, is my point. But with the parents trying to keep them, the boys drove off anyway, and the weekend, weekend came and went without the return. 
On February 28th, a U.S. Forest Service worker found Madruga's 1967 turquoise and white Mercury Montego at the Plumas National Forest snow line while marking timber. Nearly all the snacks from Bear's Market had been eaten. Interesting. And the car had a quarter tank of gas and started right up when hotwired. Wow. So it's like, did they get stuck? Why did they stop there? You know? Yeah. And where are they? Right. The few roads snaking into Plumas National Forest are rough and bumpy, mostly frequented by loggers, trucks these days, and rescue vehicles used during the search incurred moderate damage. So this is not just like a normal road that you would just drive down to get somewhere. This is like you would purposely have to go there because you know where it leads, you know, and clearly Mm -hmm. these boys didn't know where it leads and they stopped, you know, they stopped on this road for whatever reason. Mm. Yet the Montego, which is a heavy car, even before five grown men climbed inside, barely had any scratches on its undercarriage when found, leading investigators to believe that whoever was driving knew the road well enough to navigate cleanly in the dark. Wow. Which is interesting. Yeah, that is. And the only person that could have been driving would have been Madruga because he wouldn't let anyone else drive that car. But again, they Can we all call them by their first names. Who's Madruga? Well, they they're often called by their last names. I know. But Jack. This is Jack annoying. Madruga. Jack. Okay. So Madruga wouldn't let anyone else drive the car. And like we said, they hated the cold and camping. So why were they in the middle of the forest? Yeah. Investigators spent more than three months sifting through snow, chasing dozens of false leads. They actually consulted a psychic who told them she saw bodies in green canvas bags. A body witcher was brought in and his magic rod pointed them to an empty cabin, but no clues. Finally, investigators received a tip from a 55 year old man named Joseph Shones, who, who discussed that he had taken a trip the night of February 24th, which is the night the boys went missing. Joseph said that at around 5.30 p.m. that night, he drove out to see the conditions of the road because he wanted to bring his wife and daughter up that weekend. He said that his car ended up getting stuck in the snow, and when he was trying to get unstuck, he had a heart attack and wasn't able to continue getting the snow. So my guess is that this road had a ton of snow on it, and this guy got stuck, so perhaps the, the men got stuck or whoever was driving the car at that time got stuck too, and that's why... But it's like if they got stuck, they got five people. You can push yourself. Yeah. Out. So it doesn't. And wouldn't really they all still that. be in the car, even if they did get stuck? Where would they have gone? Yeah, exactly. Why would they? Why would they abandon? And the they, car? Didn't, they didn't say the car was clearly stuck. They said the car was like in a parking lot, right? No, no, no it's on the road. Well, okay, so but it's not a parking lot. Okay, so I guess that, that doesn't really matter. It was just then. on a road. This road heading into the forest. I wonder if it looked at all if like it could have been stuck there. Yes, you can't really tell because it could have melted. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was like that. If it was really stuck, they would have noted that in, you know, the investigation or the reports. But I don't think it was really stuck even. Mm. But this guy was stuck, Jack Jones. And he ended up uh, getting back into his car and turned on the heat and ended up staying in the car the rest of the night. The crazy thing is all this happened within 150 feet of where Jack's car was found. Joseph says that at one point in the night at around 11 p.m., he heard whistling noises from close by on the road. He said that he got out of his car so he could ask for help, and that's when he saw what he believes was a group of five men and a lady holding a baby walking in front of two vehicles, one of them being a pickup truck. Joseph said he kept calling out for help, but the voices eventually went quiet and lights of the trucks left. So what's interesting is that 
this was sort of initial claims, but later on he, he sort of changed his story and said he fell asleep in the car when he was awoken by sounds of talking and a flashlight shining in his vehicle. So it's interesting because clearly he was having a, a heart attack and when you have a heart attack, it's possible to hallucinate, possible to have interesting. To, I didn't know that to see things and, and not that aren't really there. But it's interesting because he was only 150 feet away from uh, the boy's car. So could he have seen what he saw? And the whole idea of him possibly seeing a woman with a baby is interesting. Were they potentially trying to help somebody and something happened? It's very interesting. That is strange. But he said that he eventually his car ran out of gas in the early morning hours before the sun had come up. And he got out of his car and started walking back to the lodge where he was staying which was eight miles away from where his car was. He said that while he was walking down the hill, he saw an empty turquoise and white Mercury Montego just sitting in the middle of the road. Later on, doctors were able to actually confirm through an EKG test that Joseph did indeed suffer a heart attack that night. And aside from Joseph's tip, there were a few other leads that came in along with some false sightings of the men in like other states and things like that. The main lead that came in was from a woman who claimed she had seen a red pickup truck carrying five men. She says that she saw the group of men outside of Mary's country store in Brownsville, which is a neighboring sitting about an hour drive away at around 2 p.m. on the same day as the boys planned basketball game. The store owner says that she also remembers selling some group or some food to a group of men. However, looking at the details, they think that it was just mistaken identity. So this lead really didn't pan out. So basically, there's little to no leads as to what happened exactly and where did they go at this point. So so strange. It is just like die out love. Yeah, it's it's very, very similar to that. It's like there's a strange scene of why did they leave this area? This was like a safe area. The car had gas. They Makes could have no at least sense. stayed in the car and run the car yeah. until help came or yeah and you would do that and honestly all five of them in a small like a i mean it's a big car but in a car together would have probably generated enough body heat to at least like survive overnight in the car probably honestly probably five of them yeah Yeah, probably and what's also very just bizarre about this is they didn't like leave with any jackets or heavy winter clothing or any sort of equipment that would indicate because they were going to the basketball game they weren't and then coming home for that huh and instead they got snacks and instead of going home they ended up in this for like on this road into the forest that's so wild it's bizarre so at this point there's no signs of the men that local state and federal law enforcement agents spent more than six thousand combined hours looking for the young men that's crazy that's a lot and this is right at right around the time dogs horses helicopters and snow cats all turn up nothing but dead ends. because they must figure like we've got to find at least one of their bodies yeah, like there's, there's got to be one of them out there and how far could you go in those conditions outside right and that's right. what's so bizarre is about about it is all of this searching turned up nothing nothing the the sheriff was like i was up there one day and the only way i could get out was with a compass and that's that's just indicating like how crazy the weather was like that winter was really bad there was tons of snow drifts oh wow 15 foot snow drifts so it's possible that they didn't find them because they were buried under snow possibly at that time yeah i mean yeah if unless they were still alive which is also possible we don't know well we do know but but you don't know yet you don't know yet but it's very interesting until after the break it's very interesting but before we talk about the discovery of the men just want to do our last sponsor okay so 
these guys, these guys are missing. Nobody knows where they are until they are discovered. So a small group of motorcyclists were out for a Sunday ride. Uh, Sunday ride came upon a very foul smelling U.S. Forest Service worksite near the Daniel Zink campground about three miles southwest of Bucks Lake and 19.4 miles from Madruga's abandoned Montego. Hmm. So in this patch of forest, the site held a 60 foot trailer with a broken window. Someone had shattered to gain access to it. Wow. So in a lot of these forests, like they have these trailers set up for when things are going on up there for like us forest service. Like we've seen them before when we're out in the mountains, you'll just see like random little cabins or trailers out there. Yeah. Um, in the forest where usually nobody's at, it's usually empty. Recovery teams spent half a day clearing five huge trees from the roadway before reaching the trailer. Among its noteworthy contents, empty cans of food, extra clothing, wood furniture, paperback books, and Ted Ware's body. Oh my gosh. The sheriff said that when you got up in the area, you could smell the death. It was horrible. The stench. Ware was the one whose brother said he lacked common sense, was found under eight layers of sheets on a bed inside the trailer with his hands on his chest. Both pant legs were rolled up above his knees, revealing apparent blood poisoning and gangrene, Oh, as well as five toes lost to frostbite. <gasps> uh, Horrible wow. death. Yeah, oh my dude. God. Blood poisoning. So how do you get blood poisoning from this? I don't know. Blood poisoning. And he had gangrene. I don't know. How do you get gangrene? Gangrene's from like freezing your... Right? No, that's frostbite. Look up what's gangrene. Oh, gangrene something that like, the remember. soldiers would get. I think maybe it's just an infection. Like it's just dirty. I think it's like an actual. It's a condition that occurs when the body tissue dies. Yeah. Okay. It can be caused by loss of blood supply due to an underlying illness or injury or infection. You can lose fingers, toes, and limbs. Wow. So yeah, it looks like nasty when it happens. Look yeah. at that. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll spare you guys the pictures. Just look Google green green. God, that's... Or don't. That's heinous, don't man. That's disgusting. Forensic analysis of his beard growth indicated he survived four to six weeks after going missing, during which time he shed 80 to 100 pounds from his 5 foot 11, 200 pound frame. That's a lot. That's... He must have looked so crazy, like... Yeah. Just like bony, frail. Mm-hmm. They also found a brown leather wallet, a ring inscribed with the word Ted, and a bead necklace lay on the bedside table. There was also a yellow metal watch that Ware's family said didn't belong to him. What the fuck? So where did he get that? Which he could have just had that on him from somebody that his parents didn't know about, but that is kind of weird. Yeah, or he could have just yeah had it. I mean, But this is what's so fucking crazy is that there was 31 cans of food from an outside storage locker, which had been opened and emptied with no conclusive fingerprints on them. Another locker that would have had enough meals to last all five men an entire year was unopened. Whoa. And then a propane tank outside the trailer could have provided gas and heat, but was also untouched. Wow. What? Oh my gosh. So a lot. So, I mean, obviously when you think about this, you'd think a normal person in these circumstances would have, no like go look for food turn on the propane tank so that you could yeah. easily heat up the place and then they would have been but he, they said he lacked common sense right but like even in a but even in that situation death or life or death situation really why would you just like lay down and die kind of like Maybe i feel like you didn't know that there 
that he could maybe he just didn't know you could use propane to make fire. I don't know. But That's then he so he weird. was able to get cans of food open. Mm-hmm. Thirty one. So what happened from the point he got there and started eating food? If he indeed ate the food there, he did. <laughs> ate the food there mm-hmm. until the time that he he actually dies. Like what the hell? He had food. Super weird. So unless he just got super cold because he couldn't get the heat going. And he was under eight layers of sheets too. Like this is Antarctica. You're inside a trailer. You have eight layers of sheets. Like I feel like that might be enough to like at least keep you there. But I guess for weeks he was there possibly six weeks in there. I don't know. It's just crazy. That is just wild. What's also interesting is that evidence showed a candle had been recently lit. Hmm. Burnable wood and paper were found throughout the trailer, but no evidence indicated a fire had been started despite Ware's cause of death being ruled as exposure pulmonary uh, edema, often called wet lung. Oh, so like that's the cause of death. So like kind of like bad pneumonia, really bad pneumonia. Yeah, I guess. I guess from being inside that thing with no heat. Oh, he didn't even have a can opener. The food had been pried open with an army P-38. Oh, yeah, it is a can. It is a can. I'm sorry, but it's like an army. It's like a small oh, sickle shaped okay, device. Okay, it was a government thing that only Jack and Gary Matthias knew how to use because they were uh, in the army or associated with the army. Okay. What's also weird is that Gary Matthias' sneakers were inside the trailer, and where sturdier leather shoes were gone, which led investigators to believe that Matthias had been inside the trailer long enough to swap footwear. Which this sounds exactly like fucking. Dialof Pass too, where they like took the shoes uh, from the other person. Oh right, right, right. Because they were found without them. But this is just interesting because it's like if Gary was there too, where where why weren't the other boys in there with them too? Why isn't there evidence of all of them being in that trailer? Why did it seems Gary went in there because he swapped footwear, unless he swapped before? But it's just weird, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So anyway. That is so weird. I am so confused right now. Like how they even. Okay, this doesn't make any sense. So then they found Jack and who's Sterling. I hate the last name thing. Remember their names? Sterling. Yeah. What's his name? I'm looking. William. William. Okay. So they then find Jack and William. Two days later, eight miles closer to the car on opposite sides of a mountain road leading to the trailer. Unfortunately, there was nothing left of William, but bones scattered across the forest floor. Jack's wow. body had been picked apart by animals and dragged to a nearby stream. Car keys still in his pants pocket. Ooh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. God, I wonder if it happened like really soon. Yeah. Well, it's like something must have happened, though, because how. I so mean, only two of them knew how to drive, right? Yeah. Only two of them had licenses and would have been able to drive at all huh so if something happened to the ones that were able to drive the other others would be stranded there right unless they but he had his keys on but the and the car was stopped in one spot never moved from that spot so weird so it's like what what happened that how how did two of them end up at the trailer while the other two seemingly died from the elements and then were you know, eaten by animals, essentially. I don't know. It's really bizarre. And the Yuba County coroner um, identified Jack's cause of death as hypothermia exposure, but they couldn't determine what happened to Sterling because Sterling was William literally. 
yeah, William was completely torn apart. Wow. Jack Hewitt's father, also named Jack, ignored investigators' pleas not to join them on the recovery mission once bodies started turning up. On June 8th, he spotted his son's jacket not far from the trailer. When the elder Hewitt picked it up, Jack's spine fell out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So he died in it. Yeah. So it probably came up because his arms were... Ugh. Can't, he was ugh, that grosses me out. He was like torn apart, like something. Oh my god! I mean, you can succumb to the elements, but that doesn't mean that's not going to automatically mean you get torn apart. You know? Yeah, no. Unless something tears you apart, likely right. some type of animal or something. Well, that's what a lot of people with die out love pass. It seems like the majority of our audience, um, unless you had some other theory, a lot of people believed that animals just it was basically a huge animal attack. Which, I mean, we could poke holes in that, too. <laughs> but yeah. interesting. So couldn't would an animal fuck someone up this bad? Yeah, it could. I guess. <sighs> especially over, a, especially, well, if you think about it for a minute, like, if it's been, I mean, we're talking from the time that they went missing to the time that their bodies started being found was literally like 100 days. So weeks and weeks and weeks of being potentially dead in the forest. And in any forest, there's animals and, yeah. and you know, and pick you apart. Ugh. So it's possible that it was just a bunch of animals over time. Yeah. Working eating them, Gross. unfortunately. Okay. So where is Gary? <laughs> so they, hang on. They done, they were able to identify the spine because they found his teeth. Oh, we have to 50 feet away. Spine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's how they knew it was him, but it was his jacket. So obviously it'd be his spine. Right. But it was 50 feet away. The teeth were 50 feet away. And he was oh, literally the hell? So, yeah, spread he, out across a large oh area. Oh, God. That's so creepy. Which is, yeah. That's so creepy. Something happened. So investigators have four of the five bodies. But now it's up to finding Gary Mathias's body. But after two weeks with little progress made, investigator, investigators call off the search on June 19, 1978 leaving his emotionally battered family without the closure they craved. So it's very interesting that they find uh, no signs really of Gary other than um, the shoes in the trailer. One year after the boys went missing, a letter to the editor titled Still One Missing, Still a Reward ran in the Marysville Appeal Democrat, co-written by the families of Matthias, Sterling, Hewitt, and Ware. The letter alternately mourns the dead, accuses law enforcement of not doing enough to find them in time, and wonders what took the boys up that perilous mountain road. I mean, the biggest thing for me is like, how did they not find them? Like, they spent hours. hours. Yeah, that's really wild. How did they not find them at all? Like, they had dogs, they had everything. It, I mean, it looks like they tried everything to find them. So why, why weren't they found? They, yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess if they were really covered in snow. I guess. But wouldn't dogs still? Yeah. I believe the dogs can smell almost better. It depends on how much snow is on top of them. But because water makes scent molecules um, like open or something, it like makes them more potent. Potent is the word. Yeah. um, To dogs. The scent is more potent. Yeah. So like after it rains in a crime scene, it actually, they can smell better. So you'd think under a bunch of wa- frozen water, which is what snow is, they could still smell, if not better. Yeah. And not only that, why couldn't the dogs trace the scent from the car 
to wherever they went. Yeah. And it's not like they were all in one spot either. They were like, I mean, one guy was strewn throughout his whole body. So you, the chances of just missing them goes down. If they were already dead. But it's possible they were even all still alive at this point. But where the hell were they if they were? What if they were in the trailer? They would have checked the trailer. They would have so known. No, do we know that they checked the trailer before? No, I mean, we don't know for sure. I feel like maybe they missed that they were in the trailer. Maybe they just figured they weren't in there. But there was there would be evidence of them going to the trailer. They would have seen footprints. It was snowing. So there would be footprints. But some could evidence. have snowed on top of it and covered the footprints. It's true. You think they would confirm, though, that you think that would the detail would come out that like whether or not they checked the trailer. Before. I'm sure they did. If they did 6000 hours, I'm sure they did. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, that's what makes it so weird is I unless there was a huge oopsie done by the <laughs> done by law enforcement and they just straight up missed where they were hiding out in for the time not being discovered. But I mean, here the weird thing about it is. Yes, they were mentally challenged, but even in that case, if they did get to the trailer, why didn't they start a fire? Like, at least two of them, Gary. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. At least one of them would have done something. Would have known how to survive. If this was under normal circumstances, just they got stranded and they wandered into the woods to find shelter. If it was that scenario that actually happened, why would you go into the woods? I mean, the bottom line is, even if they did get stuck... They chose to leave their car. Right. They didn't know that there was shelter. They didn't know that there was right. this government thing. No. So why, like, I mean, well, we have to remember they did have mental challenges, so maybe they didn't have common sense. But Gary had right most of his yes. mental cognitive abilities. Yeah. He was actually, like, in the military doing stuff. Like, he was So why was- would you lead a group of people into the woods for shelter or for help? Like, that doesn't make sense going away. Like, you must know. That oh, farther away from the road, the lesser chance you're going to have help. Why wouldn't they start going down the road? Yeah. Or stay there and wave down a car. Like most people would just stay there and wait till. I mean, someone's got to come yeah. maybe in the next week. Well, the other guy was 150 feet. If yeah. they had stayed in the car, they would have seen this guy's car 150 feet away. You would have seen yeah. his lights. Yeah. Get out, walk down to yeah. him, help him get in his car, drive to help. Like, yeah, there's so many scenarios that could have played out where they would have survived, even if they had just randomly gotten lost and went down this road. So but it really doesn't seem like they just randomly decided to go right. here, got lost no. and then got out. Like that just doesn't make a lot of sense. No, the conclusion you come to any rational person, including the sheriff at the time is like, this is not just like, this is something like event. malicious, something, you know, foul play is got to be involved here in some way. Well, obviously, you look right at Gary because he is the most cognitively. He's and he's never fucking found. Yeah, where the hell's Gary Matthias? Yeah, he's gone. So that's that's the biggest. That's perhaps one of the biggest mysteries. Where is this guy? Why was he never found? Why were the rest found but not him? Where did he go? Maybe he could have led them into the forest. So wait, he could drive and Jack could drive, correct? Yes. Okay, so and we don't know if Jack was the one driving the vehicle. Jack was driving this he, his car. Well, it may, Gary could have driven his car. No, he would have never let anybody drive. He was like, I have to drive my car. Okay. He was that kind of person. Stuck on it. His okay. parents were like, that's so what he So he would do. drove them there. Yes. So then that doesn't make a lot so, of sense either. Right. Why would he voluntarily, unless he was like, hey guys, unless I there's a plan. Cool or, yeah. But why would you want to kill all your friends? Yeah. This was like his only friends. Weird. But listen, let me, let's, let's talk about Gary Mathias for a minute because he's a very interesting individual. Um, and 
really an outlier among the rest of these guys. The other's intellectual disabilities became clear in their younger years. Um, Sterling had spent most of his time in Napa State Hospital, also called Napa Insane Asylum. But Matthias was first placed in a psychiatric ward as a sophomore in high school following a bad hallucinogenic trip. He consistently used drugs throughout his service in the U.S. Army in the early 1970s, which included a sharpshooting medal, which is interesting, an AWOL arrest, and a medical discharge for paranoid schizophrenia. So he was clearly into drugs. He did clearly what sounds like psychedelic drugs to me um, and from a young age. Yeah, that'll... and that could have evolved into other harder drugs, possibly. Mm-hmm. It can give you permanent, like. I mean, it's proven yeah. that psychedelic drugs used too young, too young can alter the brain chemistry, could mm-hmm. potentially cause neurological problems. Later. Believe it, I've seen it actually. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that he also got an AWOL arrest. So he wasn't like a stand-up guy. He definitely had a. Um, passed and it actually had an extensive rap sheet with many questionable offenses over the years. So definitely not the most, you know, stand up trustworthy individual, which is interesting, even though this guy was friends with them. Here's, mm-hmm. here's what's interesting. Following a 1978 interview with Matthias's longtime acquaintance, Janet and Zara, Yuba County Sergeant James Black wrote that Matthias had repeatedly told in Inz- Zara of a dream where he and several other people would disappear. And Zara called Matthias a very violent person, hurting several men seriously, and said that he also hates women. Well, he did some really questionable shit to women where he like hold them down and like, oh my God, assault them essentially. So he Uh, was, he, he's definitely got problems and this paranoid schizophrenia could be a legitimate diagnosis or it could just be kind of an excuse for the army to discharge him too. Like they could have just been like, he's a bad dude. He's gotten arrested for deserting his men. So mm-hmm. he's not, he's definitely not trustworthy. And the other boy's parents weren't comfort- comfortable with Gary Mathias either, even though they didn't seem to know about his criminal record, the sheriff said. He was a strong person, stronger personality, the only one among them who would fight back if threatened. Of the five missing boys, the case file said he would be the most likely to lead and suggest places to go or things to do. Boom. Gary is the leader. Gary could have possibly either created a malicious plan to disappear with these guys like he had this dream of that he told this woman about. But it seems like if it was anybody's idea to drive randomly into the Plumish National Forest, it would have been Gary's. So, what happened to the missing men? Let's talk about the theories. Obviously, theory number one is Gary Mathias did it. No one pulled a trigger on the boys, but something or someone killed them. So, Dallas Ware recalled one of the family members of the missing boys recalled that a hit nineties television series, unsolved mysteries sought the involved family's permission to do an episode on the missing time sometime after this, their disappearance. Every family agreed except for the Matthias's, despite him still being missing. Also Matthias's surviving siblings declined to comment or could not be reached by media. Isn't that interesting? That is. So their, so their missing brother is gone. Gary, he's missing. They don't want any sort of publicity on him. 
They don't want they don't want to comment on his disappearance. That's weird. It's very fishy, which uh, makes you yeah. wonder, could the family could he be alive and just in hiding or something and oh. the family's covering up for it? Well, yeah. He said he wanted to disappear with people repeatedly to this person to a, did, a friend. Who would say that? That's so strange. Isn't it? Which makes me think maybe he did have schizophrenia and if you have schizophrenia don't don't you like have this voice that speaks to you oftentimes yeah Mm -hmm. so is it possible he had some type of schizophrenic episode where he decided that he was going to make these guys disappear for whatever reason maybe the voice told him or something weird and he disappeared with them somehow but it's like where did he go and how did he survive yeah you would have the elements somewhere for sure unless he was in some other there was also like other trailers. There's also other probably cabins and things like that. Maybe he knew mm. where to go exactly. It could have been a completely planned out thing. That's strange. I mean, this this is what the authorities think. This is what the sheriff thinks. He thinks if we find Gary Mathias or we find out what happens to them, we will solve this case as, as to what happened to the four other men. But it's been, what, 41 years? 41 years and still no signs of Gary as wow. far as we know. Wow, that's so strange. Isn't it? It's like, what the hell? That's super interesting. So this is this is kind of interesting, but some family members believe that the person that killed killed these men was a town bully or someone who's trying to mess with them and perhaps chase them up the mountain until they got lost. Um, there's a Reddit post from someone claiming to be close with Jackie's brother. They claimed that there were details that were never published or published to the public. Hmm. This person said, being very close to Jackie Hewitt's brother, I have a lot of information about the story that is not in the articles, which people go on Reddit and yeah, say stuff all a the lot time. Of do this, and we yeah. can't like verify them no. on Reddit. <laughs> but I mean, but it's it could be. It Definitely could be. could be her really related. So this person said, I can give you this. When the parents say they think the men were forced up that road or taken, they believe it. They believe foul yeah. play was a factor. Yes, I agree. Yeah. First, I want to tell you something that's fact. Jackie Hewitt would would not have left the car or willingly agreed to go up that mountain to the uh, or go up that night to the mountains. He was home every night. Okay, so Jackie, I was confused. Jack, His Jack name's is Jack. Jackie, okay. Jack, yeah, same. They called him Jackie. Right. Okay. Second, as for the food in the forest trailer, these men didn't like to touch things that didn't belong to them in the first place. And the kind of men they were, they wouldn't have broken locks or lockers without feeling bad and would have avoided taking what wasn't for them to take. Well, okay. But I think if interesting, you're, but if you're about to die, yeah. like things change. Yeah, I think <laughs> you may not worry about being nice. Instinct kicks in and you're yeah. like, I got to survive. I'll yeah. do whatever. I see her point, but yeah. Yeah. Which I would be like, uh, yeah, I don't think a mental thing would keep you from doing that. Do you? No, just be like, oh, I'd rather die than like borrow someone's food. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Plus, they someone went in the trailer. Yeah. Okay. So she's saying that potentially whoever was involved in this foul play was in the trailer and put them in there or something. But they also went on to say what is not mentioned is baby clothes blankets were in the car and shell casings were found outside near the car. This info may have been kept quiet at the time in hopes a true lead follows, which I haven't seen any official reports that said that there was casings. And like I said earlier, the sheriff said no one was shot. As far as they know, but interesting. If there's just bones, how would you know if someone was shot? And baby clothes and blankets—that makes you wonder about that one guy's statement, right? 
I, I think that's kind of what they're trying to allude to is potentially an, an idea is maybe Gary wasn't like involved and he was just with them and they decided to help somebody. They saw this woman potentially with a baby in need, mm. possibly being taken by these men or a man or something. And or she was used them. as a decoy or something. No, or just was le- this was a legitimate thing that happened that was legitimately in trouble and they followed them in their car. They saw something happen, an altercation, perhaps at the marketplace or maybe at the game or something like that. And they decided to follow them. I guess it would have to be at the the gas station or whatever, because why would they go to the gas station if they saw something happen at the game, you know, before following this what individual? On earth. This is so weird. Isn't it? Okay. So, wow. So perhaps a very angry ex-boyfriend bully who wanted payback for the breakup. Um, and then she said, or this person said, these are all parts of the story that are not talked about. Why drive all the way up there in the first place? And how if someone chased them, why was the car undamaged? What were the whistling noises and voices uh, Joseph Jones, the other guy, heard on the road? It doesn't what add up. What the hell? No, it doesn't at all. This is super strange. God. Isn't it? God. I keep saying, isn't it? But there's some force that made them go up there. Jack's mom says they wouldn't have fled off into the woods like that. A bunch of quail. What does that mean? Is that like a like quail? Like just like run like a bunch into of the quail. Force. She was oh, comparing them okay. to like a bunch of quail running. Yeah. Why would they exactly just you don't scatter just out the car leave from away. the road and no. go to? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, we know good and well that somebody made them do it. Yeah. We can't visualize someone getting the upper hand on those five men, but we know that must it must have been. Wow. Well, you know, it does make you think of Gary again because if a lot of them, I mean, they definitely could have had the, you know, this trustingness and who better to commit a crime on someone than someone that you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's the easiest way to do it. I mean, I think the, the biggest fact that he said evidence he wanted to disappear is like that's weird. And the fact that he hasn't been found and they found yeah. everybody else. That's just bizarre to me. But like, where would he go? Where would he go? Well, that's the thing. Is like, how do you get him out without ugh, that doesn't make knowing. any sense? But a lot of time went by. Oh, that is weird. This one's really bothering me. Yeah, how it's going to bother. It's going to bother you for a while because it's how just so bizarre. Fucking strange. So. So they believe that investigators believe that like the day before the men went missing, the forest service was actually like clearing snow off the trailer roof. So it wouldn't collapse and police believe that it's possible that the group decided to follow the tracks that it left through snow drifts four to six feet high. So t- huge snow drifts. Yeah. Believing that shelter may be uh, not that far away and uh, William and Jack succumbed to hypothermia midway along the walk but it's like still they wouldn't think to like see if they can turn on heat like i i i don't know i would love to ask their parents like you really think your sons wouldn't know to turn on the heat because they're cold like well i guess they would know better than us yeah it just doesn't make that any is sense so weird it, i honestly have no really good guesses it's so strange definitely you know it seems like foul play for sure but what exactly happened yeah. And why were they all in different places? Oh, I feel so badly for them. Like, Seems you like think they got if taken they were advantage like, of. But if they were taken out there by someone, you think one of them could have escaped and like ran back out to the road or something. Yeah. Or maybe one of them did escape, fell and died. And that's how his spine. But who would have killed them? Gary. 
Oh, you're talking about Gary? I'm oh. thinking like if he had them all, like how would he have kept five people with him? How do you kidnap five other men your own yeah, and how do you and kill them, them all? And how do you kill them nevertheless? Like, how, because it seems like they, they were killed by together? natural things, though. It didn't seem like they were any of them were right. killed by anything human. Yeah, that's what's so bizarre about Ugh, it. It's is like if you were weird. planning to disappear with them, un- unless they were willing to follow Gary to like the end, the, a fault, and Gary was literally like, "Come on, guys, let's go, let's go," and then he ended up, like mm-hmm. they ended up dropping because they were they were getting hypothermia. Yeah. And he, they just left him because that's kind of one of the theories too. Is that it's possible that they even went, found the trailer all together. Even though I feel like there would be more signs of other mm-hmm. the others if they had found the trailer. And since it was locked, they may have believed that it was private pro- property and feared arrest for theft if they used anything that was found there. So ultimately, they broke the window and went inside. And maybe they, maybe Gary was in there with um, the other guy. Oh, fuck, I'm forgetting the name that was in the, in there. Jack, sorry. Jack. Jack that was in Jack that was in there because Jack was also like the most mentally competent. What if Gary set told the other three guys, "You guys go look for help." And not knowing where they were because it, the weather was so crazy. Why would Gary send his friends off. knowing that they have problems? Be because like, he was I'm I'm talking from the perspective that Gary as a murderer wanted to oh. wanted them to die, wanted them to disappear to That's fulfill so something. Weird. It's very weird, but weirder things have happened. I but don't know. hang on, let me finish my thought. So that <laughs> sorry. I've been thinking really hard about this. Soon. All right, let us know what you're thinking really hard on. And this makes a lot of sense to me if Gary was wanting them to disappear. So Gary's kind of the ringleader. He leads them. They get he's like, "Hey, we're stuck here." I know of a place he could have, for all we know, Gary could have went out there, scouted out prior, knew exactly where to stop, where it'd be far enough that they could walk to it um, and knew that it was there, knew it was abandoned. They, he dry, he dry, he makes them drive to the spot because he wants them to disappear. He says, okay, we're stuck. We can't go anywhere. We'll run out of gas and then we'll freeze. And they all believe him say, okay, what do we got to do? He's like, I think I may know of, a shelter that's not that far away let's go guys so they all get out of the car they follow gary because gary's the most competent one and they follow him so they follow him all the way to the trailer and they just got you know gary already knows that there's stuff inside the trailer to survive and so instead of you know i'm sure the guys were like probably freaking out knowing like somebody like we know somebody that's autistic would probably be like we can't break in. That's breaking the law. They think yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. They're very about rules. Black and right. white. Yeah. So he kind of tell, maybe he tells them at that point, okay, then, well, I, I got to get Jack inside. Jack is going down with hypothermia. He tells the rest of them, why don't you guys go find help? He tells the rest of the three men to just go that way or something. Well, tells he tells them to wander. Jack. No, full knowing that they're never going to find the car. They're far enough away from anybody that they'll never run into anybody. And they'll essentially just, Get hypothermia and, and yeah, succumb to the elements. Then Gary breaks a window, brings Jack inside, puts Jack down on the bed, and full knowing that Jack has doesn't have that much time left, or maybe he does know he has that much time left, but he's too weak to do anything. He puts him on the bed, and then Jack or Gary gets the food, eats the food, but then literally just forces Gary to starve to death. I mean Jack. You mean Jack. or Jack? Sorry. Jack to starve to death. Gary loads up with some food, leaves the trailer, 
never to be seen again and, and probably wanders either for all we know he could have wandered to a car gotten a ride and disappeared and never we never would have known or he went to some abandoned cabin for all we know gary could be either laying laying somewhere dot you know died from the elements in the middle of the forest gone or he made it to some other type of shed building or a cabin or something. There's all kinds of like little places like that scattered throughout the mountains. Like look at Ted Bundy. He found an abandoned cabin, stayed in it. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what happened. And then somehow Gary just disappeared. Or I think it's also plausible that he may died out there as well, possibly somewhere yeah. after he did all of this that I just said. But to me, that makes a lot of sense. That does make sense. Especially if you think about who these men were being mentally challenged, you could definitely believe Let's go that over they would real do that. fast what happened to William, Ted, and I forget the name of the last one. Like, what happened to their bodies exactly? One was found spread out across. Yeah. The other was not that far away. They were all outside. They were all just out on the yes. ground. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that would really make sense. Mm-hmm. Wasn't one missing their eyes, too? Just like die out. No, I thought I, I thought I saw that. I, I can't oh. remember if that was. Uh, I, yeah, I think I was just, just reading Diallo Pass. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they were clearly torn apart by animals or but something. what if Gary really didn't do anything and he's being blamed for this? I mean, it's kind of easy to blame him. And he died out there and we just haven't found his remains yet. But the parents and his the sketchiness. His parents would come to his defense. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't this they be trying weird. to do everything to spread? Because they probably think mm, he could have done this. Well, he had a long rap sheet. He said but these how things. How could he get away that easily? People have done weirder things, man. Who knows? I mean, who knows what he did? For all I know, he I just don't understand and... why you have to take five other people down with you. Even if, like, it's not like he was a serial killer and just wanted to kill. Like, they died naturally. He could why have had would a psychotic you want episode. To die? He he clearly had probably voices talking to him, telling him to do yeah. things. Yeah. He did other violent things before. Yeah, I'm what? doing a video like right after this about a guy that I think had a psychotic break and was. He it thought his all the time. his Uber app was controlling him. His right. Uber app turned go. into Perfect the devil. Example, and, yeah, yeah. So it's not beyond the pot, you know, the realm of possibility yeah. for could have just been th- a psychotic thought, breakdown yeah. to cause him to just go off the wall. Because I mean, the strange. other theories that are out there is like it was either all coincidences, all just happened randomly, and they just happened to drive there after the game. Come on, really? These boys were had a game the next day. They were gonna be playing. They were so excited about it. Why the hell would they go venture up this deserted mountain road in horrible weather? And then you had the whole like the baby thing and the baby clothes. How fucking strange. And then if that was real, that throws another wrench in it. It could have been just completely random. But why would they go up there unless they were either following somebody or somebody took them up It could be something like that. Yeah, because like I know that that's not far out that people have done that before have used a women a woman a woman um and a baby to like serial killer or something trick somebody yeah could have been a serial killer if it was a serial killer chances are most serial killers want to enjoy killing there's a reason they want to kill they would torture them or right or do something sexual to them or something weird like that to just like let them all go off into the woods and, and die I mean, you wouldn't even get to see it as the serial killer to right. see them die doesn't and that's what they would want so it doesn't seem like a serial killer to me no and, and they the coroner proved that jack was like alive inside the trailer for weeks and his beard because his beard had grown out Oh, and they were able. That's how they were able to tell that he was alive because your beard wouldn't like continue to grow. Can your beard for weeks? Grow after you had a, die? No. Okay, I didn't think no, so. No. 
So it was wow. long enough that it looked like four to six weeks of growth, which would only happen if he was alive. Maybe he was barely hanging on for weeks. I mean, it's weird. That is so weird. I have no idea. Or was it aliens? <laughs> I don't know. That's People always want to throw that out likely, there. I don't know why. They, uh, there's no indication that there was even any type of yeah, extraterrestrial no, activity. Yeah, doesn't seem extraterrestrial. Weird. Or what? could have been a cryptid. A Sasquatch. I mean, a lot of people believe it. A lot of people think there's, you know, believe there's evidence to support that there's some well, type of. I would believe it if maybe they were a, all attacked, but like they. I mean, they were pulled apart. Possibly I don't know, eaten. dude. I don't know. I don't know. This one's just so bizarre. And I mean, it's still an open case, which is crazy. 40 years some later. So if any of you out there have a crime tip uh, or know something, maybe, I mean, who oh, knows? God. You can actually contact the Yuba County Sheriff's Office. Uh, through the link in the description or um, at the phone number 530-749-7777. Wow. If you've got a tip. This is a uh, What a unsolved. trip. What year did this happen again? 1978. Interesting. So years ago, and it's still unsolved. The, the sheriff said he still keeps them up at night. I mean, I can only imagine if I was actually investigating this. Like, what the hell happened? Hasn't I mean, it be longer than, wait, 78? Isn't it like 50 years? No. 50 years that'd be like 2030 oh just kidding, 2020 sorry. something yeah yeah, yeah. Right. i'm not so good at math so um, super wow. interesting yeah that is mind-blowing i really don't have final thoughts what do you think i mean the what best do you think happened? guess is that it's gary it seems like he's somehow involved could have done it if there was one of them that could have done it it would be him mm-hmm. the fact that they haven't found him i don't know but then you could also think if he was in there for a really long time he could have just been alone they all had died and he was just the most common sense so he survived least likely to die so maybe maybe he was surviving and he eventually thought he could maybe the weather was decent enough one day that he thought he could just walk out and he he just left on foot and he's like miles away from that area that they've never searched but you think i you would think there would be a lot more evidence of like food and shit and like the fact there would be more like evidence of the trailer being lived in if someone was in it for that long living. Right. Like, would yeah. you have gone to the bathroom somewhere? Where well, there was a that? candle that was uh, lit. Yeah. So, OK. So, like, did he go to the bathroom? Was there a bathroom in this trailer? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, again, there was huge snowdrifts. So, like, by the time all the snow melted, they probably weren't there, like watching the scene till the snow melted to see what was there. And by that time, all that water as it melts would just like flush, would clear any signs of even shit. Yeah, I think so. What? I don't know. This is so weird. It doesn't seem like it was like lived in that long. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird. Well, I guess all those cans, no one would eat them all at once. I don't know, man. What a trip. Well, the other set of cans were in another shed, just completely untouched. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it seems to me like Jack was brought there and left to die in my opinion, by somebody, probably Gary. And then Gary took off. Maybe because he thought he would be in trouble, but where did he go? Yeah, where would he go? I don't know. People disappear all the time, though, that probably have less knowledge and experience than Gary does. God, that is strange. Well, I I think a series of unfortunate events happened, (laughs) of mysterious circumstances happened that led to this mystery. Yeah. Completely crazy. A complete mystery. Complete mystery. How strange. 
but we'll we'll wrap it up there today guys let us know what you guys think of this i really yeah. want to see let us know in the, in the comments on youtube or uh tweet us and let us know what you guys think or what what your theory was do you believe what you know i propose that gary was kind of the mastermind behind this or was there some other person or other mysterious you know creature or something that was responsible for these men going missing but yeah truly mind-blowing story um, if you guys enjoyed today's episode and you love the new studio, hit that thumbs up button. We'd really appreciate it. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate that as well. But that is it for us today. Thank you guys for listening to the Mile Higher Podcast. Stay safe. And stay woke. We will see you guys next time. When someone first comes in and you see that discouragement on their face, they've tried so many different products, but nothing seemed to work for them. I'm able to take that disappointment and that pain and turn it into hope. You're listening to Mallory, an art support specialist at the Goodfeet store. And they try the art supports. It's a light up moment. You see their face brighten up. They go from feeling discouraged to being happy and hopeful again. For over 25 years, the Good Feet Store and our art support specialist have been helping folks live the life they love without foot, knee, hip, or back pain getting in the way. That's why this job is so important. They're helping people, getting back into the activities that they've wanted to do for a long time, doing the things that they love to do with their Good Feet Art Supports. We're able to help them and take them from the pain to the possibilities, and I love it. The Good Feet Store is located in Fairfax, Leesburg, Rockville, Baltimore and Hunt Valley, and in Annapolis in the Annapolis Harbor Center. For more information, go to goodfeet.com. The $2 Small Me Cafe is the answer to your day. The question is whether you go with a rich caramel frappe paired with a warm cinnamon roll, a sweet caramel macchiato paired with a blueberry muffin made with real blueberries, or a hot chocolate paired with a classic apple fritter. Don't worry, there's never a wrong choice. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.